This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to Global Leadership Platform, our weekly leadership masterclass, multiplying leaders, moving society. I'm Adrian Grunewald, and the old man's not with me today, but we're really excited about the leadership conversation that we're going to have this, this uh, beautiful, gosh, what day is it? Tuesday? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Tuesday. Uh, visit leadershipplatform.com for all things leadership. Two Ps in the middle. Our leadership masterclass today is with Greg Solomon. I haven't sat with Greg, the CEO of McDonald's, for could be two, three years. I'm, and I thought it's time we sit down again. He's created movement uh, in this business and uh, been there here for about, I don't know, seven to ten years, but, but much longer in your career. But as the leader of the business in South Africa, uh, quite a while. Greg, welcome to, to the leadership uh, platform. Uh, thanks very much for having me. This is great. And thank you for coming to my home. Um, it's often uh, a slightly different flavor when you're actually sitting in the business instead of looking from beyond. Yeah, we walk in, we see the values on the walls, you know, those sort of things. And, and of course, it neutralizes a little bit. If you, when you come into the studio, I think some interviewers love that because it puts them in the elevated position and it makes the, the, the guest a little bit um, vulnerable. I like to come here, neutralize it, have a, have a nice conversation. Greg, uh, yeah, CEO of McDonald's, and of course, we, we, we doing this interview not only for our Cliff Central uh, Leadership Masterclass, but for our global leadership platform, which is the intention to take leadership conversation to a global level. But you have been the leader for, I had nine years since you were MD. Yeah, uh, yeah but, nine but, years is good. But um, how has it been? I mean, what a ride. I, I, I sense movement. What I read somewhere was... Um, sales growth improvement, increased guest counts, improved customer service, and increased operating income year on year. Of course, there's the Deloitte's best company to work for three years consecutively and so on and so forth. So a lot of indications of good leadership, good indications of leadership not just at your level but everywhere, and good movement. We like movement as part of leadership. Your thoughts on the last few years? Well, I think, you know, you need to answer, you need to go back more than a few years to see what gives you the launching pad. And as I watch newcomers from Europe and from, from Asia and from, and from the U.S. try to come into this country, um, I, I see them make similar mistakes to what we thought we were going to do 20 years ago. We've been in the business for 22 years. And, and what's quite interesting about McDonald's is, is this, this fine balance this balance between your patience and your persistence as you enter a new market. You need to build a strong base. You need to build a strong base in clientele. We knew 20 years ago that uh, we probably weren't going to come in with an American hamburger business and, and, and be indicative of the South African population. And so we needed to build that strong foundation. We needed to build a talent pipeline. Mm-hmm. Talent is absolutely crucial um, in, in who we are. So it took us... We've been here for 22 years, almost 15, 16 years to get to our first 100 restaurants. We actually got to about 110, and then we closed 10 restaurants, which in hindsight was the biggest mistake we ever made. Um, it was sort of a global initiative. Um, but yet in the last seven years, we went from 100 uh, to 100 to 260. And so we created this fantastic launching pad, and, and sometimes we move a little too quick. And I think where we got it right in this country and all the critics that we had at that particular point in time, the big McDonald's, you know, putting 50, 60 restaurants into this country. We took it slow. We built our brand. We made sure we understand the local consumer. We made sure we're a brand that's indicative to the South African population. We reached this middle class. And we made sure that we, we, we understood this growing middle class. And we understood that we, we grow talent. And, uh, and these days we're 100% South African uh, from me all the way down. 
um, we're sitting in Women's Month, um, and uh, a couple of days ago I was uh, addressing um, the ladies on, on Women's Day and how we've transformed not only from a South African perspective, but I was reflecting with them that uh, 20 years ago we were 25% women across the board of, of leadership and people. Now we're 60% women in the organization as well. So not only have we transformed our brand from the menu, we've transformed it in, in all sorts of ways, right up to my Exco team uh, out of the five Exco members, two or ladies too. So I'm very, very proud of, of how we built a diverse team. And before you ask your, your next question, just my closing thought on, on diversity, the power of diversity in an organization when it comes to leadership, we often mistaken that diversity from different backgrounds and, 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 and color, color boundaries and that. But as a leader, I've consciously selected an extremely diverse leadership team. If you meet my, lead, my leaders uh, around, be it uh, Zaf Mohammed or Bridget Tagama, Joanne DeVette, Daniel Padiachi, um, they're not little Gregs. Um, Lou, they, they, they very much their own and I always say to my wife, one of my hardest meetings is coming to an Exco meeting once a month because that's where we're going to have hard hitting conversations um, because we're all so different. As long as we have a commonality around culture and values, we must be different in our thinking and our background. And have debates, rigorous ones. Absolutely. Yeah, I met Joanne and, and Bridget together in a conversation like this and loved it. It was a good vibe. We often share their thoughts with leaders out there and you get a feeling there's a strong leadership culture here. Um, so well done on that. I mean, as you say, it's not just the growth and the improvement from a leadership point of view is not just from the numbers. I mean, those are clear to see. It's about the culture. It's about the people. It's about those things that you just mentioned. Just your, you've, you've, you've led a, a remarkable brand for a while now in this country. And I want your feeling on the state of leadership. I want to say global, sure. But but just what is the state, if we had to get a pulse, feel for the pulse of it, collectively speaking, South Africa, you could talk political, and we're not a political discussion here, but corporate-wise, just a general feel. How is it? Well, I, I say to the fellow leaders that are listening to your program today that I judge myself uh, at the same time as we judge leadership, and hopefully in a humble way, not in an arrogant way. I don't think we have a leader problem in this country. We have a leadership problem, period. And uh, I'm, I'm not seeing enough young leaders come through the, the organizations. I'm not seeing enough leaders making enough noise. I, I, I'm genuinely concerned about leadership, full stop. Uh, around the organization and, and we spend a lot of time in McDonald's having to develop leaders but I think there's a leadership absence I think um, the authenticity the realness, the credibility uh, of leadership, uh, leaders collectively we need to look in the mirror and say there's a nation there's uh, for me 12,000 people that look up to the leaders it's a responsibility and as leaders in the organization to my fellow leaders we need to step it up mm. I don't think we are um, giving what our people have appointed us to give. Um, strong leadership, brave leadership, which we can talk about uh, in a slightly different way, um, influential leadership, and a coaching style of leadership. Um, but it's not all, you know, terrible. Um, we've progressed well over the periods of times, but leadership is going to break us through um, into the next decade. Greg, what challenges have put us in this state? 
where you have a concern, and I do too, uh, and, and every leader I interview have a, a concern, but also a desire to change it. And maybe we need to find a collective way, a united way to, to sort it out, you know. But uh, what, what challenges do leaders face that, that put us in this dire situation, if I could call it that? Well, I, I think uh, I want to come now to this, this, this word that I'm talking. Maybe it's, maybe it's bravery. Maybe leaders are too cautious. Uh, maybe we're petrified of, you know, movements in the world. And we're living in a, in a, in a very different world. There's, I, I think it's fear more than anything else. I mean, one of the things that's facing us right now is there's skills in our business that are required that haven't even been thought of by universities yet. You know, the fourth revolution, the, the digital evolution, no longer is it one message to a million people. It's a million customized messages to a million people. And mm-hmm. before you've changed that, um, you, 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 you're irrelevant. Um, I talk about uh, in, in innovation, but I talk about the power of 10 in evolution. And um, I'm very conscious as a leader that I've been here for nine years. My power of 10 formula, which I'll talk to you about in, in two seconds now, m- might imply that, that I, should, I should step aside in a year's time. But effectively, what I did is I, I looked at McDonald's over 63 years and I said, if I track it to the New York Stock Exchange, who was the leader at what point in time in that business? And the, the worldwide business... Um, has had about seven, eight leaders, all very different types of leaders, and more financially direct leaders, more coaching style leaders, more marketing, mm. more philanthropy. And now we've got Steve Easterbrook, who's bold, um, passionate, focused in, in, in moving much, much quicker. He calls it progress over perfection. Um, but um, I think that, that change, that speed, of leadership change is sort of paralyzed. It's given us a bit of fear. I, in, in a short word, I, I think we, we're a bit fearful. That's a very interesting point. So, so to go a step back, um, there's a concern about leadership in general, collectively speaking, pockets of excellence always, thank goodness. And, and you think what's potentially put us there is a fear, partly fear of this incredible rate of change. And something you mentioned there was, uh, business schools who have money and a lot of expertise and intellectual expertise, not just business schools, but all kinds of Contributors just aren't necessarily where they should be in terms of giving our leaders the skills. But are, are those technical skills like digitalization, or are we talking about dealing with a new human being, the more empowered, knowledgeable, courageous um, human being who have platforms that they never before had to speak up and and challenging the authenticity of leaders? So all these things, I see a lot of corporate leaders are fearful to speak up. They're not on social media easily, for example. Politicians are. Um, cautious, I like what you're saying. So, so, so yeah, uh, fear, is that the only thing that's putting us in, in this dire position? Well, it could, uh, fear could be broken down into cautiousness. It could be, I mean, you've got to give shareholder return mm. and you've got to make sure you look after your people and you've got to be, you know, you've got to be popular, but you've got to be able to deliver results. But, you know, for me, um, we've, we've got a, an interesting but simple vision that says to be modern and contemporary. And it's quite an interesting, uh, it sort of baselines me, uh, very often. What is modern and contemporary? Well, let's Google what is a modern and contemporary car. And let's go to the 1960s to how it looks today. What is a modern and contemporary businessman or businesswoman? Just that image of that is changing. So, so I might as well be fearful and, and wait. Or for me, I'd rather have the same fear and just change with the times. Uh, let's talk about having 
conversations with your people. The average age of a McDonald's employee is 26 years old. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's young, eh? So I'm in my late 40s. Um, I need to figure out all right, how to communicate you know, with these people. And they're saying long performance reviews and, and, and massive lists of KPIs. Give me a focus. Let me talk on a quarterly basis to you instead of an annual basis to you. And give me small snippets of 30-minute 30, 30 conversations. And I can be fearful on how to address them. Or I can be fearful of let's just jump into the, the deep with these, this new crop of young professionals and do it. Um, I was reading an article about the new CEO of, of uh, uh, GM in the U.S. So it came up with a new dress code, dress high, uh, whatever's appropriate. Uh, we could probably look at uh, reams and reams of papers in big corporate environments of policies of 10 pages on what dress mm. code is. I mean, that's all not modern and contemporary anymore. Uh, a modern and contemporary business needs to evolve and it needs to evolve quicker. I, I, I'm channeling my fear there. Okay. You're Rob, confronting I, it there I'm almost. I'm confronting yeah. it there. Let's, let's talk about how we change quicker. Mm. And I'm adopting Steve's strategy of um, progress over perfection. A lot of my leaders, a lot of my franchisees, they're great thought partners of mine. We're having a lot of conversation with them. We're changing the wheel as the car's going. And I, I think that's the new norm now. Okay, so let's let's take that on to the more positive conversation. Not the rest hasn't been negative, but that's the negative situation we face. What kind of leaders do we need to deal with all of this? You've hinted at a few attributes, skills. Um, let's bring your brave concept in there. But 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 you could say what kind of leaders McDonald's are looking for. But before we go there, for this current situation, what kind of leaders do we need? So I'm leaning to more a crop maybe a decade or maybe half a decade of, of more coaching leaders. You're going to need the, the big thinking, innovative leaders, but innovations about doing things differently or sometimes innovations could be doing the same thing differently. And I, I, I think what, because I, I, I truly believe that education is a, a major, major uh, game changer for us, both at university, both at school and in corporate. I think a, a new uh, coaching style of, of leader is the way to go. Um, coaching and influential leadership. And I, I, um, I have a little mathematical formula, which I'm sure it's documented. It's not a Greg thing, uh, where influential leadership is based on trust and respect. You build trust by delivering on your promise. And you build respect by teaching somebody something new. And my little formula for, for not, not, not for your show today, but a little formula is I ask people to rate how you rate people uh, on how much you trust them and respect them and multiply the two to each other. And you get a, you get a mathematical number. And I say, if you're not scoring over 70%, then that person's not influential in your life. Everybody goes, wow, trust multiplied by respect. But I quantify on what people rate me as trust and multiplied by respect. And today, I must deliver on my promise because that's what people expect me to do. And that includes business results. And then I must empower people, teach people, unlock people, um, expose people in the organizations because there's no doubt in my mind that there's cleverer people in the organization than me. And I need to find ways to unlock them. Okay. Are there attributes that we need for leaders to overcome this speed of change? I guess courageous. I mean, if, if fear is an important element holding us back, because we can't run away from fear. We all are scared of things. It's not, I guess, a great leader. It's not someone who's, who's, who's got absence of fear, but, but the courage to overcome that fear or to confront it head on. 
that's that's the real leader we're looking for. Um, well, courage. You can use courageous. We use both of us use the word brave, and maybe we can just say honesty. I mean, we're facing this honest this whole corruption conversation um, across uh, you know the political landscape and across the business landscape. But as business leaders, let's take accountability of what's happening in our business. And we, 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 the honesty and integrity is 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 paramount to being a great leader. Um, so from that perspective, if you bring that courageous and that braveness into it, I think two things. Make an investment in your people. Put some money behind it um, instead of sitting on your hands. Uh, we as leaders are sitting on massive cash in our organizations. Uh, let's take a chance. Let's not wait for our country to lead us. Let's lead our country. And uh, let's make an investment. Um, that's, that's, that's being brave. And um, it's sort of what comes first, the chicken or the egg. I think we can mm. take a bit of responsibility there. And, and then again, you know, honesty to yourself is if you're truly, truly honest about leadership and great leaders are, are coming from beneath, then you do have to at some point in time step aside, hand the baton over to somebody who's better than you um, mm-hmm. and, and can take the business further. That's also a brave thing to do, isn't it? It, it is very much, but it should be a proud thing to do. And I talk, oh. about, I talk about the evolution. Now, the average tenor of a CEO um, in South Africa is a little longer, but in worldwide, the average tenor of a CEO is between sort of five and six years. So theoretically, I should have expired by now. Um, but I think CEOs that can reinvent themselves every single year, who can remain as a modern and contemporary CEO, a people CEO, a coaching CEO, um, an influential CEO, a motivational CEO, that's, that's what we need to breathe into our people. That's what our people want. Mm. They want to see that positiveness. That, uh, um, But then they also want to see that honesty when things are bad. Or I need, I need to call it like it is. Can we just say a little bit more about brave leadership? Uh, just, just a few practical examples. Because obviously the emphasis on it means we don't have enough brave leadership in our country. Maybe you feel in McDonald's you want more brave leadership. Um, examples of it? So, so how do I know I'm a brave leader? You mentioned some high-level examples investing in the country. Um, Maybe the country's sitting on a lot of cash, but leaders are cautious. They're not brave enough to, to put their money where their mouth is. I don't know. Uh, can you just, maybe I'm, I just want to grab it more by the scruff of the neck. I guess leadership is not necessarily only about leading people. Leadership's also about leading your business, leading your brand. So what could be a recent big move is we decided that we would want uh, to launch delivery in our system. Uh, we could have. Uh, gone about uh, introducing delivery by acquisition. McDonald's likes to sort of innovate instead of acquire different types of landscapes. And uh, my um, brief to the team was, if we're going to do delivery, let's take it seriously. You can do your test market for three months, uh, but we need 100 out of the 260 restaurants executed within the next six months. We need a 1,000 riders on the road. And um, I'm proud to say that today we're there and our delivery um, is almost 6% of our total business. It's given us a completely different play in the marketplace. So sometimes bravery is scale to market, but sometimes bravery is also a full commitment. Uh, we can research things until we blue in the face. And yeah. Sometimes you just got to execute it. Bravery is also about learning to fail, and failure is not bad. Uh, just get, get on and do things. And I, I think it's, it's more action-oriented 
type of leadership that we're looking for with no fear to fail. Because if you fail, you've closed one door and you've opened up another door. Incidentally, Uber is not uh, is not strange to all of us. We all use Uber and Uber Eats. So that's now allowed us to bring Uber in on top of our business platform, added another 3% of our total business. Um, possibly at a more strategic level, I'll give you one people example now, would be on value. We're going through a tough time in this country. Uh, consumer confidence is low. Uh, international investment confidence is low. Um, profitability for my franchisees and my shareholders is not as where, where it can be. We can take price. Or like McDonald's has, we've held price for 18 months on certain core values and given back to our consumers. Our consumers will certainly uh, reward us, hopefully, in the long run. But that's a brave decision because it could have gone the other way for me. Um, thank goodness we serve 8 million customers a month now and the volume's there. Um, I think on the people side, um, for us, our bravery is around, peop- uh, around training. Uh, below us, we're sitting on the second floor of the head office here, um, is, uh, is a training institution that, tra- that trains 1,500 students at NQF uh, Levels 3 um, and a variety of different programs. We've got NQF Level 4 and 5, but there's lesser amount of students. We're taking care of making sure that we're growing our own crop of leaders. Mm. Some of them will percolate up to, you know, the senior ranks and some of them will move on. Um, but if they've moved on and we've contributed positively to their life, then they move from being a happy employee, hopefully to a happy customer and their children and their spouses become customers of McDonald's too. A happy employment experience is crucial for us. So, so I, you know, I'm, I'm very interested always in the development of, we, we talk of leaders must have the following attributes and they must be like this and that. It's nice if you can employ someone who's like that first go. Wonderful. How do you develop? So we put a lot of emphasis on leadership development in our society. I personally think leadership development collectively has failed. If we look at where the world is and we say we develop leaders, then we have to some way there must be a blame somewhere. So how good is the leadership development industry doing in terms of getting our leaders to be more brave and, and all the other qualities we need? How do you train someone to be like that? And, and in, an, in, an, in an interview, it's a silly question, but can I establish, if I employ you as an executive today because the other executive is retired, can I discover in that interview that you're a brave leader, to use that example, and to take it further? And how do I develop a brave leader? Look, I mean, with braveness and courageousness, it, it, it all comes through attributes that you could probably test. You've got to bring risk into there as well. You've got to bring a, a little bit of scientificness into there as well, a, a calculated risk. Um, we can't just have the big thinking leaders. You know, leaders need to be hands-on more than ever. Uh, building an entrepreneurial type spirit within an organization is very, very important. But if I pull away from it and personalize it, leadership, beyond brave leadership, just a little bit. I was having a chat to my wife the other day. My kids are now 21 and 19 years old, both at university, and very proud of who they are and we very close-knit family. I was reflecting with my wife, why are our kids? Why are we so proud of our kids and why they've achieved so much? And what, what, what have we taught them? What leadership skills did we give them? And we taught them nothing. And basically, it was them following the shadow of the leader. And I guess that's why I'm I'm so sort of focused on your first question, which is what is the state of the current leadership? Because we cast massive shadows uh, in the organisation, and as a, maybe as a parent, 
as I talk to my younger brothers or the younger kids, is your, your kids look up to you and they follow your footsteps. Um, and that's the way you create great leaders. So great leaders create great leaders. And I think that's the, the first important thing that we have to do. In, in, for me personally, I talk about the three E's, experience, exposure, and education. They weighted about 33% for me. We can give education. We, we, we can recruit education. Um, but we, we can give, and we give a lot of education, a large amount of our budget spend, spent on education. And, and as I say, we can laugh about it, but we have a Hamburger University that's accredited. So we take it very, very seriously. Um, and that includes a business university there. But exposure is big. Mm. Exposure is a big thing for me. And uh, so when I do things or today we buy ourselves in your studio, but when I do things, I always take somebody with me to be exposed to me and I expect for other people to be exposed to them or if I'm going into a hard negotiation. I'm, I'm happy for people to sit in the room and just watch these things because you've got the university and then you've got the university of life. And uh, you know, there's nothing that can beat experience. So tenor and exposure are very important. Experience, exposure, what was the other one? Education. Education. Experience, exposure, education. You can you leap over any of those? You can't. Well well this is the this is the whole this is the interesting thing. And we, we talk about how proud I am of of my young leaders in the organizations. I mean we got twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight year old young businessmen and women running thirty, forty million rand organizations. This is a big number for these for these young guys, but then I also say, Well done for your persistence, but you, you gotta build your base of patience. I guess just like just like the Egyptian pyramids. As an engineer, I always study structures. The bigger the base, the higher the pyramid. Always the angle is the same. So now you're a restaurant manager, you're running a great organization, but now you need experience. You need tenor. Every day is going to be a different day. Every situation is going to be a different situation. And you need to build that experience, and that becomes you know, a better leader. So it's that balance, getting to leadership roles, and perhaps maybe as a country, over the last 20 years, we've had to get leaders to leadership roles quicker versus giving them tenor at a sort of mid-management and junior management. Possibly that is, is what we have to explore. Greg, uh, you, you, I think your global CEO speaks of, of what? Perfection over, or what is that statement? Progress over perfection. Progress over perfection. Just unpack that very briefly for us. Well, progress over perfection is just the pace and it comes back to brave leadership, but that's, that's sort of maybe mine and your word. His, his way of articulating is have a bigger ambition, move quicker in the modern world. There's certain digital technology and infrastructure processes that I've been evaluating for the last six months. When I'm ready to appoint them, they're obsolete already. So we've got to, we got to move to a point. I mean, let's take apps, for example. I know, you know you've got your leadership app uh, um, um, as well that you're working on. But for us, it was very much at first about this big container app that's going to bring in a customer care-related thing, a customer feedback-related, a promotional. And it was going to just take us too long. So let's go with four little apps, and we'll worry about a container app um, in many, many, uh, many, many months t- to follow. So I think, I think what we're saying is that if the external environment – mainly through your customer lens, is changing faster than your internal lens, your business is, is going to become obsolete. Mm. And it's the pace of change. And in, inside that pace, is, is, there's, a, brave, there's a, a braveness to make quicker decisions, nimble decisions. And I, I guess it comes down to also your business planning now as a leader. 
I guess we've got to ask ourselves as leaders, I mean, what is our business plan? Is it one year? For us, it's a five-year business plan, and I'm stretching my team to look seven, eight years now. Now, that's brave in itself, to hold your business plan when the Rand dollars just approached 15 uh, yesterday. Um, well, I've got to change my business plan. Now, this is a five-year business plan. It's a seven-year business plan. And then the level of detail in your business plans through leadership of what are your contingency plans. Because I guess like a chess player, you know, what makes you nimble as a leader is not having to think long before you have to make a decision. Because as a chess player, I've moved my first pawn to C4, but I, I'm anticipating three moves. And I need to have thought about what those three moves are. So when you move move A, B, or C, I know what my next move is going to be, and that makes me nimble as a leader. So I've sort of digressed a little from your direct question, but these are all, you know, the, the differences of what I guess makes a an effective leader. But I'm also implying that leaders need to be hands-on. Yeah. They need to know their business. They can leave that middleware, um, and that's why we talk about leaders and managers. They can leave that middleware to what the managers um, have to do for them, but they need to be able to marry the vision to the hamburger that comes out every minute at a McDonald's restaurant. Craig, let's sort of close off our power half hour on leadership. Just um, what's your sense of purpose? Uh, I mean, I, I sense a bigger, more of a big picture concern and thinker this time around than a few years back. Obviously, I might just be seeing what I want to see. But obviously, as you start getting to the end, whatever end means, year, two, three years of, of your your position as leader of uh, McDonald's, other things must happen. You're young. Um, where do you, not where do you see yourself, but what do you want to achieve in the next five or ten years? What is Greg being prepared for, do you think? I, I think there's two things that motivate people in life. One is money and one is power. And power not being in power, destructive power. Power meaning impact. And for me, it's, for me, at that deepest, deepest level, I'm, I'm lucky enough and privileged enough to be at that point now where I'm actually not looking up or bigger. I'm looking at impact yes. and for me to unlock potential in people. If I can wake up every day and say that I've unlocked potential in a human being in our organization, be it a leader for McDonald's or a leader for the country, I'm making a difference because I'm now in a position where I can do that. I can directly impact unlocking potential and unlocking runway for future leaders to come. And I think that's my sole purpose as a leader of the organization, as a strategic business leader of an organization instead of a strategic people leader, which I've given the answer already to. I think for me, it's about system alignment. You know, there's a competitive advantage we have. There's no doubt it's about talent in our organization. But the other competitive, um, you know, strategic advantage that we have in our business is system alignment. All 265 restaurants serving 8 million customers every single month, all in the same way, all in the same authenticity, giving the sort of same brand experience that our customers want. So that's my big vision and my big KPI, system alignment, and unlocking talent. Um, those are my two big meaty ambitions. Your message to leaders in South Africa beyond McDonald's, what would you say to them if you had a whole audience in front of you? I think, I think collectively we can, uh, we can change, we can change the, 
the momentum of this country because we live in a fantastic country. Uh, I say for those that choose to stay here, certainly I am uh, one of those. Um, it's now time to act. Talking and giving opinions from the sidelines um, is not com- contributing towards society. If we all act on a simple purpose, big dreams, small steps, um, I don't think there's another country in the world that's, uh, that, that's, that's better than South Africa. I'm really, really hopeful. And not only hopeful, I'm very um, excited about. We've got some pitfall. We've got some sort of mountains and hills and valleys to climb uh, over the next five years. But there's no doubt I think South Africa will prevail. Rick Solomon, CEO of McDonald's. Um, yeah, I hope you can exert your influence beyond McDonald's. I mean, you're probably doing it more than one realizes. But but I guess if we all lead from where we stand, we'll make that difference. Some of us stand in a position where we cast a bigger shadow and and others uh, not so much. So good luck with that. And uh, thank you for spending just a few minutes with us to discuss leadership. We look forward to sharing it with the world. That's Greg Solomon, CEO McDonald's. Thank you for joining us on the Leadership Masterclass, our global leadership platform. Look forward to being with you again next week. Cheers, everyone. This is CliffCentral.com.